Illinois head coach Brett Bielamo was the first of seven head coaches to speak with the media on day one of Big Ten Media Days. In answering media questions and his inaugural speech, he talked about the importance of his team's culture, and he thinks that his team's culture and talent is on the rise. He also mentioned how there are nearly 10,000 new season ticket holders, which just speaks to the amount of attention and hype surrounding Illinois football, and more importantly, that there's a lot of confidence in this team from fans across the nation, and most importantly, within the state of Illinois. More importantly than all those things, I think he talked about his staff giving praise to former defensive coordinator Ryan Walters, who's now the head coach of Purdue, giving praise to former defensive backs coach and now current defensive coordinator Aaron Henry, who coached the best secondary in all of college football last season. And he also talked about Jim Leonard, who was hired this Tuesday as a senior analyst who will be working off the field and helping the Illini prepare for their weekly opponent. If you have great talent but don't have a great staff, you are still not going to win games. It is so important to develop players at the highest level. And I think in two years here at Illinois, and that's a very short time span, I know, but in two years here at Illinois, Brett Bielema has been able to get the most out of his players. At one point last year, they looked like by far the best team in the Big Ten West. After starting out 7-1, and one, they finished 1-4, and four, which Bielema also said was very disappointing. And he took responsibility for that. His staff took responsibility for that. But there is still an optimistic feel surrounding the program. That's for sure. And after the hiring of Jim Leonard, after hearing Brett Bielema speak at Media Days, and more importantly, after researching this team, I feel like this team is going to hit the over on their preseason win total of 6.5. In a previous video, I picked the Illini to hit the under. But I think they have too many underrated pieces returning, such as Jerzon Newton, Keith Randolph, Tara Edwards. I mean, they should have one of the best defensive lines in the nation, let alone the Big Ten. At quarterback, there are questions there. I don't think Luke Altmyer is going to be a top seven quarterback in the Big Ten. He'll probably be a below average power five quarterback, in my opinion. But there are running backs like Reggie Love III and Josh McCray, who I think will replace Chase Brown. I don't know if they'll reload at the running back position, but Reggie Love III and Josh McCray are good, solid, strong Big Ten running backs. And I think with an offensive line that returns Isaiah Adams and Julian Pearl on the left side and at center and on the right side, their starters look to be Josh Crudes, Zy Chrysler, and Josh um, Jeske. I think that the offensive line will reload. It will be physical. Illinois will play classic Brett Bielema football. Also, I think they have one of the nation's more underrated wide receiver cores. I didn't say best, not even close, but Isaiah Williams, and there are others, are a very good collection of wide receivers, but we'll get to them later in the video. Before we continue, I want you guys to tell me down in the comments below what you think of Illinois entering 2023. The Illini have not been successful for a long time. In fact, last year was the first time they were ranked in the college football playoff rankings in school history. Lovey Smith only got them to one bowl game in a 6-7 and seven season 
was Lovey Smith's best season at Illinois. And Lovey Smith is a guy who's coached in the NFL for several years. He's a celebrated defensive coordinator. Even he couldn't get it done at Illinois. It, it is hard to win at Illinois. And Brett Bielema, his first year, he beat Minnesota and Penn State on the road when they were ranked and went 5-7 and seven with practically nothing. This year, with Chase Brown, with Tommy DeVito from the transfer portal, who, even though he wasn't the Big Ten's best quarterback, no one thought he would lead the Big Ten in completion percentage and finish nearly top 25 in QBR. That offense, along with the number one defense in the nation, allowed Illinois to win several close games. Other games where the score was deceitfully close, but the game was actually pure domination, like the 26-14 win over Minnesota, for example, or the game against Northwestern where Illinois practically won by 40 points despite having about the same total yards that Northwestern did. Illinois last year was an impressive team for the talent they had, and even though they're 11th and they're certainly in the bottom half of the Big Ten in returning production, you do wonder if they are going to reload and if Illinois can have addition by subtraction happen. And if that and if that Brett Bielema's recruits, his incoming transfers, and the players that he has longer to develop will end up being better than perhaps some of the more experienced players who were recruited by the previous regime that are departing. I think this Illinois team has the potential to have a very high ceiling, but they also, with the talent they have, I think have a low floor as well. Thankfully for the Illini, they do have what I think is one of the Big Ten's easier schedules. They open up against Toledo, then travel on the road to play at Kansas, which I think Kansas is a fringe top 25 team. They're potentially going to be in my top 25 when I release that final preseason top 25 video next week. So hit the notification bell and subscribe to the channel if you want to get notified when I drop my final summer top 25. Kansas might be in there. They're going to be very good with Jalen Daniels at quarterback, and they also have Jason Bean as the backup quarterback, Devin Neal as one of the nation's better running backs. Luke Grimm is a very underrated wide receiver there. They have Mason Fairchild at tight end. Their defense, it completely contrasts Illinois. Kansas and Illinois couldn't be more different than they are. Kansas is practically basketball on grass with the way that they score, and their defense isn't good, and Illinois is all about defense. They don't really care about offense unless, of course, it involves running the football and chewing clock. It is a road game at Kansas, so Toledo, then Kansas, and then a big home game against Penn State, which should be Illinois' toughest game of the season, and it's at home. After that, the Illini host Florida Atlantic. They then travel to Purdue, host Nebraska. They travel at Maryland. Maryland is their second divisional crossover game, and it's on the road. They then host Wisconsin, travel at Minnesota, who they've had a win streak against under Brett Bielema, going 2-0 against the Gophers. They host Indiana, who they lost to last year on the road. Definitely going to be a revenge spot because I think Indiana likely gets worse or stays the same compared to last year. Illinois, it'll probably be something similar, but I think they have a better chance to improve than Indiana does, and they get the Hoosiers at home, so that's definitely going to be a revenge spot. 
at Iowa will be a revenge spot for the Hawkeyes, and then they face rival Northwestern at home to conclude the season. So let me know what you think of the schedule down below. I currently see anywhere from six, seven, eight regular season wins. I'm going to be dropping my final Big Ten predictions video next week as well, my record predictions video that will include bowl projections, among other things. So next week is going to be a very big week. It'll be top 25 Big Ten predictions and potentially other big videos as well. So hit the notification bell if you haven't already from my previous announcement if you want to get notified when these big-time videos drop. This is one of the best college football channels on YouTube. We're working to get it toward being the best college football community on YouTube. I'm excited to see what Brett Bielema does, not just in year two, not year two, year three, pardon me, but also in the long term when USC and UCLA join. And now that Colorado has moved to the Big 12, it wouldn't surprise me if Washington, Oregon, maybe Stanford, maybe Utah, maybe Cal as well, move to the Big Ten. I think the Big Ten is set to absorb a lot of the Pac-12's higher quality teams. We'll see where the conference goes, but all I can say is I think the Pac-12 is certainly dead. And speaking of dead, let's talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. So death is probably in there somewhere. I think the best analogy you could use to describe death for Illinois would probably be at the quarterback position. I think that at quarterback, they're going to take a huge step back. I think they're very thin at quarterback. Luke Altmeyer, maybe I'm not giving him enough benefit of the doubt, but I think that there are probably 10 quarterbacks who are better than him in the Big Ten. I think J.J. McCarthy and Kyle McCord are obviously better than Altmeyer. Talia Tagovailoa, Jeff Sims, Drew Aller, Tanner Mordecai, Noah Kim, Cade McNamara— I think are better. I think Ethan Kaliak-Manis is better. I think Hudson Card's better. That puts Altmeyer outside of the top 10 of Big Ten quarterbacks. I think he fits at that 11th or 12th spot. I certainly think that he will do better than Taven Jackson and Ben Bryant at Indiana and Northwestern specifically, just because he'll have a much better supporting cast. Gavin Wimsat, maybe him and Luke Altmeyer will play at a similar level. We'll just have to see, but I think quarterback takes a huge step back. That would probably be the ugly, honestly, for Illinois, would be departure at quarterback. I think Tommy DeVito was very underrated, and defensive back, too. They lose Devin Witherspoon, they lose Sidney Brown, they lose other players there as well. Defensive back should still be good. It should be an above-average to good or great defensive back room for the Big Ten, which means a great defensive back room nationally, but it won't be the nation's best secondary. And given Illinois' style of football, even a regression from just an elite to great secondary could be the difference in a few games, because Illinois offensively, you're not going to be scoring tons of points. You're going to need your defense to play as best as they can, and in some cases possibly play mistake-free football. So quarterback and defensive back are areas to watch. They have awesome depth in the trenches, though, and they do have solid skill players outside of quarterbacks. Let's talk about the good. They return their two best wide receivers and their best tight end. They return Casey Washington, Isaiah Williams. Isaiah Williams, I think, has all Big Ten potential. 
Pat Bryant as well is going to be another starter at wide receiver. At tight end, Tip Riemann returns. He was the leader in receiving yards, I think, for the Illini at tight end. And at the offensive line, they return Julian Pearl, they return Isaiah Adams, and the other starting three linemen should be center Josh Krutz, Zy Chrysler at right guard, and Josh Jeske at right tackle. Julian Pearl and Isaiah Adams are on the left side. They were all Big Ten caliber players last year. Uh, I think both might have All-American potential in them. I think Illinois and Brett Bielema will be that good at developing offensive linemen. The Big Ten and the Big Ten West, but really the Big Ten as a whole, there are a lot of teams who should have improved or great-slash-elite offensive lines this year. I can think of Michigan. I can think of Ohio State. I can think of Minnesota, who despite losing almost their whole O-line, should reload there. Wisconsin, Illinois, Iowa was young there last year. They should be much better. Michigan State was banged up there and also young. They should be much better. Penn State returns four starters there, and they'll have one of the most elite offensive tackles potentially in college football history in Olufashanu, who's the nation's number one offensive line prospect overall. So, and then don't forget about Maryland either. Maryland, Eric Harris at center, and then Delmar Glaze at tackle. So the Big Ten is a conference of trench warfare, and I think Brett Bielema has already mastered that, and he's just entering year three. And don't forget defensive end. Don't forget defensive end. Um, It looks like at tackle, Tara Edwards will be the starter, and Jerzon Newton and Keith Randolph will be um, moved to the edge positions. This is according to rlads.com. And that right there is a strong three-man front. Jerzon Newton, Tara Edwards, and Keith Randolph Jr. Jerzon Newton was a first-team All-Big Ten defensive lineman last year. He'll certainly be up for the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year award this season. He'll certainly be taken in the NFL in the 2024 draft, and he has All-American potential in him. He was a defensive lineman slash defensive tackle last season for the Illini. Starting running back Chase Brown left for the NFL draft, along with defensive backs Devin Witherspoon and Sidney Brown. Chase Brown, I think, will be easier to replace. I don't think Reggie Love III or Josh McRae are as good as Brown was. Brown was well over a 1,000-yard rusher, and he was one of the finalists, along with Blake Corum, for the Doak Walker Award, which was won by B. John Robinson. It was Blake Corum. It was... Chase Brown, and it was Bijan Robinson. Muhammad Ibrahim was probably left out for unjustified reasons. Muhammad Ibrahim was a beast in college as long as he was healthy. I'm glad the Detroit Lions have him and picked him up as an undrafted free agent. Hopefully he has success in the NFL. Same with Chase Brown. But Reggie Love III and Josh McRae, those are good players. Those are really good players. And Chase Brown, of course, got the most carries most yards. He had 328 rushing attempts for 1,643 rushing yards and 10 rushing touchdowns. But Reggie Love III had 316 rushing yards for two rushing touchdowns on 70 attempts, averaging four and a half yards per carry. Josh McRae, he had 56 rushing yards and 19 attempts, averaging 2.9 yards per attempt. In 2021, though, he had over 100 rushing attempts for 549 yards, and he also had two rushing touchdowns. So 
there are very capable backs for Illinois, and I think Illinois will have a running back rotation this year. They mainly gave it to Chase Brown. It wasn't a running back by committee situation. When you have 328 rushing attempts in 12 games, that's not running back by committee. I anticipate, though, that Illinois, they're going to have a running back by committee situation here where Reggie Love III and Josh McCray have closer to a 50-50 split than Chase Brown having a very dominant dominant hand in terms of getting the ball out of the backfield. So I think that for Illinois, this roster is impressive. I love their trench play. I think defensive defensively, they're going to be stronger in the front three and in the front seven than they will be in the defensive backfield, which will be the opposite of last year. But a lot of that has to do with returning production, and it is harder to replace players at defensive back than it is defensive line, for example. So we'll see what can be done on the defensive side of the ball. After all, a lot of the defensive players like Devin Witherspoon and Sidney Brown left for the NFL, and Ryan Walters, the defensive coordinator who led the nation's number one scoring defense, only allowing 12.8 points per game, he's gone as well. But Jim Leonard helping prepare the team should help I have no doubt that new defensive coordinator Aaron Henry will immediately be one of the country's better defensive coordinators, and the secondary, while not completely reloading, should retool to a a very impressive level, nonetheless. So what do I think about Illinois entering 2023? Well, they'll certainly have one of the best defensive lines in the country, with Newton and Randolph at defensive end, and those are also players who could probably play defensive tackle, too. They're very physical they're very athletic. This team overall, I think, is just going to be dominant the line of scrimmage. Jerzon Newton led the team in sacks last year with five and a half. He also had three passes defended, two fumble recoveries, 14 tackles for loss. And he comes back also with 61 total tackles, was healthy and played in all of the Illini's 13 games. So you're returning, you're returning one of Illinois' best players in recent memory and then you're returning another great player at that same position, the guy who was tied for second in sacks and Keith Randolph Jr., who had an interception, a pass defended, four and a half sacks, 13 tackles for loss, which was second on the team as well, and 53 total tackles. And Illinois, in terms of total tackles, Jerzon Newton was third, Keith Randolph was fifth. So their defensive linemen were some of the team's leading tacklers, and they have them back which is very impressive, in my mind, extremely impressive. At secondary, Tyler Strain and Tavion Nicholson look to start at corner. At safety, Nicario Harper, an incoming transfer. Matthew Bailey and Xavier Scott look to start at safety and noseback, respectively. The offensive line should be great, especially on the left side. Both of the returning starters are on the left side and Isaiah Adams at guard, and Julian Pearl at tackle. The right side still should be good. I think Illinois' guard play will be among the Big Ten's best there. Um, I think it'll be a step behind Ohio State's and a step behind Michigan's, but those are the two best offensive guard duos and offensive guard rooms, I think, in college football as a whole. Just looking at offensive guard, I would say that Illinois is third in the conference. I mean, them in Minnesota and maybe Wisconsin are neck and neck. Michigan and Ohio State are a step up 
as they are in most things nationally and in the Big Ten. So it's impressive that Illinois will have one of the best guard rooms, not just in the Big Ten, but consequentially college football as well. And that's just with Isaiah Adams, only one returning starter in that room. I think at defensive back and running back, those groups will regress, but they will have good players. I already talked about Reggie Love the third, and also Josh McRae. I think one of them could potentially make an all-Big Ten team. I know that in my preseason all-Big Ten team, which I will also release next week, or potentially on a weekend, we'll have to see, that I do have one of them on my all-Big Ten team. I think that all in all, they're just too good at running the football to be denied. Wide receiver and tight end, they have several solid playmakers. However, they don't have an X-Factor player, in my mind. They have a very reliable, an extremely reliable wide receiver, the slot wide receiver, Isaiah Williams, who's a redshirt junior. Isaiah Williams, last year, he led the team in receiving yards. He had 715 receiving yards and five receiving touchdowns on 82 receptions, Get this, he only averaged 8.7 yards per reception, which is extremely low for a wide receiver. That's that's very low. That's like an average you would see for a running back who catches the ball out of the backfield. That's a very low average. So I expect that average potentially to increase, although I think quarterback play will probably stay the same at best or regress, so maybe I should walk back that prediction but it's still a very low average yards per catch for a wide receiver. But 715 yards is a lot, and five receiving touchdowns. That was the most receiving touchdowns on the team as well, and he had 82 receptions, definitely more targets, and he also had seven rushing attempts for five yards. So the Illinois offense and Barry Looney Jr., they love Isaiah Adams, and he's their best wide receiver easily. Casey Washington and Pat Bryant are the other starting two wide receivers, so look out for them. But I do think they lack an X-Factor player, and that's the case for most wide receiver rooms. That isn't taking a shot at Illinois. It's just tampering. It's tempering the expectations here. This offense will be solid, and in scoring points per game, it will probably be below average, and that's just because of quarterback play. That's the way that Brett Bielema wants to play football, is man ball, running the football, control the clock, um, and just make everything a business trip and get out of there, mainly by running the football and having good trench play. So this offense will not be scoring a ton of points anyway, but the better players you can have, obviously, the better your team will be. I expect quarterback to be Illinois' largest weakness. I think Altmaier is not great and he lacks support to totally carry him. There are some teams that have bad quarterbacks or below average or average quarterbacks, and their quarterback looks great because they're either spoon-fed throws or they have a wonderful supporting cast. He might be spoon-fed throws, but he doesn't have a wonderful supporting cast. He has a great offensive line, and then an above-average tight end room, maybe a good or above-average wide receiver room, and a good-slash-above-average running back room. That isn't enough of a supporting cast to make a bad quarterback look good. So I think it'll be the team's largest weakness, and I think in games where Illinois struggles to run the football, that might certainly be the death of their chances to win. 
I said almost, though, because there are always exceptions to the rule. It's just preseason speculation, and this defense will be vicious. They're going to force turnovers. They're going to get pressure. Again, this defensive line, going back to point one, should be one of the best in the country. I feel like the ceiling for this team, this might be bold, but 12-2 and and first in the Big Ten West, it's mainly because of their schedule. They avoid Ohio State and they avoid Michigan, and I don't think Penn State, while they do have playoff potential, I don't think they're at that elite tier that Ohio State and Michigan currently are at. I think it's Ohio State, Michigan, Georgia in that top three for sure. There's an argument to include Alabama, I think, maybe LSU, maybe Washington. I'd say more so Alabama, Washington, LSU, just with how much they return, the blue chip ratio they have, and they also have strong defensive line play. They should have one of the best defenses in the nation, could challenge for the best defense in the SEC, and that's even with Georgia returning some guys and returning their defensive coordinator. I'd say the next tier after that is probably where Penn State fits in with maybe Utah, even though I think Utah, in theory, should have a very high ceiling. They always lose a few games in the regular season, and the last time they broke through and went undefeated was in the Mountain West Conference back in, what, 2008, where they beat Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. But this team, 12-2, and I could totally see it, where they get through Big Ten Conference play, let's say at like 11-1, their only losses to Penn State or maybe Wisconsin, or maybe they beat all those teams, but because Illinois likes to play in close games, they lose to a Nebraska or on the road at Maryland or heck, to on the road at Kansas or at home to Indiana or at home to um, Northwestern or even on the road to Purdue, then they drop one of those games and go 11-1, and probably lose in Indianapolis and then maybe go out and win their bowl game, or maybe they go 12-0, and and then in the Big Ten Championship game, they face a really good team, lose that, and then lose their New Year's Six Bowl. I think if everything goes right, and if I'm wrong about Altmaier and their offensive line lives up to what I think it'll be, same with their defensive line and their secondary reloads, I could see that happening. I think their floor is 5-7. and seven. They did lose enough, and the way they play games, Illinois does, where it's close games, I could see Kansas, Penn State, Nebraska, Maryland, Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Iowa being losses. And I could also see Purdue potentially being a loss. Indiana, they beat Illinois last year, and they shouldn't have, but if they beat them last year, why can't they beat them again? And even Toledo and Florida Atlantic, and even Northwestern, but I'll focus on Toledo and Florida Atlantic. They're going to have good quarterbacks. Toledo is a good offense. And Florida Atlantic has Casey Thompson as their quarterback and Tom Herman as their head coach. So Illinois, they have a lot of boom and they also have a lot of potential to bust this year. I think the truth, like normal, is usually going to be somewhere in the middle. Illinois is not going to be one of my teams that I'm very high or very low on compared to how they should perform this year. I'm not going to go bold with Illinois just because I don't think they're going to be a really good or really bad team this year. I think they're going to be about six, seven, eight regular season wins. And then the bowl game, depending on who they get matched up against, that's always a toss up. But 
Thank you guys for watching. I enjoyed talking about Illinois a lot. I'm excited to see what Brett Bielema does with this program long term. Make sure to subscribe and hit the notification bell so you can join this awesome community. We just passed 10,000 subscribers, and I'm going to announce my giveaway and the rules following that early next week. Next week, I'm also going to release my Big Ten predictions. I'm going to hopefully do my top 25 next week as well, and potentially a lot more. I like to do long videos where I break things down and give as much analysis as I can in a reasonable amount of time. So hit the notification bell if that sounds interesting to you, and comment your thoughts on Illinois down below. Thank you all for watching, and I'll see you guys soon. Bye-bye.